Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast here on Wednesday, Hump Day. Thanks so much for joining me as always. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley You can also send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. And we will have your emails at the end of the show as always. I do want to mention that here on Friday, got a big show coming up. The iconic Kirk Cameron, who played Mike Seaver on Growing Pains. He is, of course, a legend in his own right in terms of acting, but he's also, in recent years, turned his attention to faith and family-oriented television, documentaries, all kinds of things that are really impacting the culture in a good way. And that's what we're all about here on the Monica Crowley Show. It's about turning around our politics and also turning around our culture in order to turn around the country. So Kirk Cameron, I, of course, had a huge crush on him growing up. I hope I don't embarrass myself on Friday, but Kirk Cameron is going to be here with his new film about adoption called Life Mark. And what a moment to release a film like this on the heels of overturning Roe v. Wade. Just extraordinary. So his timing on this movie was perfect. God knows what he's doing. And he will be here uh, to talk to us about that and a whole range of issues, including his his own faith journey, which is an amazing story as well. Today, we've got another big interview, actually two side by side, with Robert Davi, who is also an extraordinary actor and director in his own right, and John James, another uh, big actor, who are putting out this film called My Son Hunter. You've probably heard about it. It's been streamed millions of times, uh, at least the trailer has, and it's being released today. 
So today is the day for my son, Hunter, and Robert Davi, the director, and John James, the actor who plays Joe Biden, is going to join us here. They're both going to be here in a couple of minutes, so not to be missed, a really big interview about how this movie came about and what impact it's having in Hollywood, if any. I'm sure it's being ignored, and I'm sure all these people are being blacklisted who took part in this movie, but it, this movie, My Son Hunter, is really something So blockbuster interviews here coming up shortly. But first, the Monica Memo. So after you saw that Hitlerian speech by Biden last week, are you still wondering why they want to take your guns? If you're still wondering why, I'm not sure I can say anything that's going to help you here. The darkness of the satanic nature of the uh, imagery and of the rhetoric and the message coming from Joe Biden, it's all right there. It's all right there. And so the logical next step, which is what they've all been talking about for a long time, and we don't discuss it much here on the show for no other reason except we have so many other things uh, to talk about. But the Second Amendment is critical, and they are coming for your guns. I was at a dinner party over Labor Day weekend uh, talking to a friend of mine, and she was born in a foreign country, but she's an American citizen now. And she said, uh, you know, I never quite understood Americans' fascination with guns. I thought it was like gun culture and Hollywood and all this other stuff. And she said, but now I get it. Now I understand. Now I know why the founding fathers put that in there in the Bill of Rights. And I said, Yes, and there's a reason they made it number two. The First Amendment is freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. If you don't have those things, you've got nothing. Freedom of religion as well, to to worship as you see fit or not at all, if you see fit. So that was number one, because without those pillars, you, you have zero freedom. And then they made the right to bear arms the Second Amendment for a reason. They didn't make it number eight. They didn't kick it down to number 10. They made it number two for a reason. And she and I were talking about this and she said, yeah, she goes, you know, again, I I thought it was like a cultural thing. I didn't realize or a hunting thing, right? Like, oh, you have the right to go hunt your food if you want. And as important and, and maybe even necessary as that might be, given the energy crisis and the food crisis that's descending on the entire West, it's coming for us too. But the reason that the right to bear arms is in there is not for those reasons. It's not even for necessarily self-defense if, if a burglar breaks into your home, although that's important too. No, the reason the founders put that in there is because uh, of the, the right for the fresh new American republic and the citizens thereof to be able to defend themselves against a tyrannical government. That's why the Second Amendment is there. It's not hunting. It's not feed yourself. It's not even uh, like immediate self-defense, although that's, that's part of it. It is the right to self-defense against a tyrannical government. Why? Because the founders knew what human nature was all about. Human nature tends toward power. And once a human being gets power, the tendency then is toward absolute power. That's what you've seen in the history of the world. Since Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, you name it, every dictatorship around the world, it is a tendency toward ever greater power and control over the people. And then once that's secured, then absolute power, where you are merely a serf. And that's where we're headed in the West. And that's certainly where we're headed under Biden 
in this uh, neo-communist revolution we're experiencing. So my friend and I were talking about this, and I said, it's meant for defense against a tyranny. Because they knew that they were giving us this beautiful gift of human freedom with an extraordinary, beautiful system uh, 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 as a constitutional republic. You know when you hear the left all the time talking about, oh, democracy, threats to democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional representative republic. So even their terminology is all off, and it's all off on purpose. Everything they say and do is is done on purpose. But they gifted us this beautiful constitutional republic with checks and balances and a voice for the people. Not everybody, obviously, it was slave time. Women couldn't vote. All all of that we understand, and we have self-corrected more than any other nation on the face of the earth. But they gifted us this extraordinary experiment in human liberty, but they also knew that human liberty is run by human beings and needs to be cared for by human beings, and human beings have a tendency to power. They want to acquire it, keep it, and lord it over other human beings. They knew all of this. So they gave us a second amendment to allow ourselves to protect ourselves against that kind of uh, tyranny, that kind of development in America. They saw this day coming. We've had a couple of instances over the the history of America, uh, whether it's Civil War or other times, where we've had a government that's like borderline or even the country falling apart, and it looks very similar now in, in, in a lot of ways. So they gave us a second amendment to say, you have the right to bear arms in case this experiment falters, in case it begins to fall apart, in case a dictator arrives on the scene, you will be able to protect and defend yourself against that government and your family and your property as well. Because remember, private property is a key cornerstone to the American Republic as well. The right to to have property. And now we are so oppressed by so many regulations. When you own a piece of property, you can't do this. You can't do that. You got all kinds of restrictions on you in every direction. Oh, there's a puddle on your property. Now, not only are you going to be fined, but now you got to bring in a company to, to dredge that because it's an environmental hazard. Okay, this is not what the founders intended. This has been a slow boil tyranny, but here we are. So this is why we have a Second Amendment. And if you saw Biden last week give that uh, completely satanic Hitlerian speech, you should no longer wonder why they are interested in taking your guns. They want you disarmed. Now, in the speech he gave before that satanic speech at Independence Hall, he gave one the day or so before, you know, the one where he couldn't fill a high school gym? that one? Well, in that speech, he came for your guns specifically with a pack of lies. Here's what he said. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Determined. I did it once before, and I'll do it again. For many of you home, I want to be clear. It's not about taking away anybody's guns. In fact, We should be treating responsible gun owners as examples how every gun owner should behave. Okay, so a lot there that's been picked over and unpacked. 
Um, a lot of what he said there is just straight up outrageous, suggesting that they use the U.S. military against Americans who disagree with him, uh, calling in airstrikes via F-15s against his fellow Americans. Just another day at the office, I guess, for this president. But let's focus really on what he said there about guns and the AR-15 in particular. So he is clearly backing the AR-15 and falsely claiming that the, the, the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun. He said that, okay? So the Democrats clearly want another assault weapons ban. They claim it's behind the scourge of gun violence in this country. But the question is, is it? Because they lie like hell. So let's go through some of the actual stats and data on this. There's surely a lot of violence out there. There have been 361 murders in Philadelphia so far this year, just in Philly. That's more homicides in eight months in 2022 than there were in 2019, 2017, 2016, 15, and 2014. So the question is, based on all of their rhetoric about the AR-15, is the AR-15 behind the 361 murders in Philly this year? Well, the local Fox affiliate in Philadelphia, Fox 29, recently reported that local cemeteries, quote, can hardly keep up with the demand. Well, let's turn to the FBI because they've got homicide data that's broken down by weapon. So at least the FBI is good for something, right? Assuming this data is accurate and the FBI is totally corrupt, so who knows? But let's take it at face value. Looking at the FBI's latest release on this nationwide data, in 2019, there were 556 murders in all of Pennsylvania. A rifle was used in just 11 of those murders, or 1.9%. This is the case all across the country. When you look at the FBI data, the, the same stats generally hold across the nation. Listen to this. Of the 189 murders in Mississippi, a rifle was the weapon of choice in just four of them. That's 2.1%. So if Biden actually cared about crime in the United States, the target should not be AR-15s. The cause of this chaos and all of this violent mayhem, and in particular the reason in Philadelphia, is prosecutors that refuse to enforce the law. We're focused on Philly here. Larry Krasner is the DA in Philadelphia. He was first elected in 2017, and he received $1.7 million in support from George Soros. Krasner is the prototypical Soros prosecutor. He told his DAs not to prosecute prostitution or retail theft cases or other uh, lower-level crimes like that. But it's not just these so-called quality-of-life crimes with Krasner. He's also soft on murderers, drug dealers, rapists. During his first year in office, the Philadelphia Inquirer found that six cases that were initially filed as murder generally, Krasner sought third-degree or involuntary manslaughter charges rather than first- or second-degree murder charges that would have been the norm under his predecessor. So he threw everything out the window to go soft on these killers. In one case in 2019, Krasner filed a motion to drop murder charges against a man that fatally stabbed a real estate developer. So this is just one example of all of the 
uh, Soros prosecutors, whether it's New York, Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, um, across the country, all of these Soros prosecutors are out there uh, being completely soft on crime. And we see the, the fallout of this and it's everywhere. And we're the ones that have to deal with it. For all of the talk by Democrats about gun violence, between 2017 and 2021, last year, the conviction rate for prosecuting gun crimes in Philadelphia alone went from 64% down to 35%. Do you see what we're talking about here? They're not prosecuting the gun crimes. They're screaming about gun violence, but the Soros prosecutors are not prosecuting the gun crimes. Guns don't kill people. Communist prosecutors kill people. While at the same time, they want you disarmed. Do you understand the picture now, guys? Do you get it? If you don't have guns, for whatever reason, I know it's a very personal decision for people. People who have children, they may not want a gun lying around. But understand that this is their next move The first move is laying the groundwork, as we've seen since Biden has become president, certainly over the last week with his Hitlerian speech. It is to term all of us enemies of the state. But tease it out one more step. To what end are they casting us as enemies of the state? To what end? For what reason? It's so that they can leverage the full power of the state against us. That's why you need guns. That's why you need ammunition. That's why you need the Second Amendment. And that's why the Founding Fathers gave it to us. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to the actors Robert Davi and John James. Robert Davi, also the director of the new film, My Son Hunter, which is incredible. So this is going to be a dynamite conversation. Do not go anywhere. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
Well, I have been looking forward to this segment for well over a week now because today is the world premiere of a brand new film by the great Robert Davi. It's produced with Breitbart and an unreported story society. And this movie is called My Son Hunter. It is an absolute blockbuster. The trailer has been seen by millions and millions of people when it was released in late August. This film is pure dynamite. You can stream it right now because today they they released it. So it is available for everybody right now at mysonhunter.com. Again, that's mysonhunter.com. Dot com, and when you go and stream it, when you purchase the film, it is yours. So you will have it forever. You can screen it multiple times, however many times you want and your stomach can take in watching the Biden family. And you can pass it down to your kids and your grandkids for all time. Joining me now is the film's director, the legendary Robert Davi. Robert, of course, is an award-winning actor, screenwriter, director, producer, and jazz vocalist. I've seen him sing, and he is unbelievable. He's known for his roles in The Goonies, License to Kill, Die Hard, Showgirls, and The Iceman, just to name a few. Also joining us today is the incredibly talented John James. John is most well-known for his 10-year-long role as Jeff Colby on the 80s primetime TV soaps Dynasty and the Colbys, which, of course, as a child of the 1980s, I was obsessed with. I also want to mention the film's tremendous producers, Anne McElnenny and Philippe McElteer, who are not with us today, but who are out there producing films like this and working to change the culture from the inside every day. And guys, you know, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I talk about changing the culture and supporting films like this. This is how we do it, to send a signal to Hollywood that this is the kind of content we support with our dollars. That's what gets their attention, and that's how we're going to change the culture. MySonHunter.com is where you get the film. Robert and John, welcome. Great to have you here. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you. Well, huge fan of yours for years. Oh, Robert, you and I go way back to, and and it's so nice to meet John over the airwaves as well. But Robert and I, uh, we've got to know each other. Gosh, I want to say, well, I don't want to put a date on it because we don't want to, we don't want to do that. But Robert, I've known you for a long time, but I haven't seen you in a long time, so it's nice to reconnect with you here. Yes, same here, Monica. Well, congratulations on this film. Again, it's called My Son Hunter. Get it at mysonhunter.com. Robert, let me start with you about this film. Tell us how it all came about. Well, it kind of dropped out of the sky. I got a call from my uh, manager uh, saying, hey, they want you to direct this film. I says, what is it? He goes, well, I'm going to send it to you. It's interesting. Or at least the title was. And he sent me the film, uh, the, the script, and I read the script. Now, I have to preface this by saying, you know, I directed the film called The Dukes with myself and Chaz Palminteri, Peter Bogdanovich, won a bunch of awards. And I had not really gone into Then I helped out on a little film called Magic, a really cute film about a dog. And I had been looking for something that was very interesting. And this story about the Hunter Biden laptop being buried by the media and uh, whatnot was really quite disturbing to me. So when the script came along, of my son Hunter, I read it, and I, uh, I said, you know what, I could, and I, and I thought about it for a bit, and I saw what I could do with this picture, the potential of this film, 
and being able to tell the story because as what you said in the beginning, politics is down, uh, uh, downstream from culture. Yes. And that's what Andrew Breitbart always used to say. And um, the frustration we have as conservatives sometimes are, is not being able to understand how important culture is. So I said, all right, for this story to be told, it has to be told for me in a way that I want, I want people to watch it as a movie, as a film. And I've known, as you said, I, I, even as a Bond villain I played, I've always humanized my characters. So I didn't want to demonize any of the characters in the script. But that's how it came about. It was sent to me by Unreported Story Society. A woman named Magda had seen my film, The Dukes. And Phil and Ann had come to see my concert in New York, and uh, which I had never met them before. And I found that out when we were shooting. Uh, or when they uh, we spoke on the phone. And then we started the script process, a terrific script by Brian Godua. And then that was back in April of a year ago. And, um, you know, as a director, you have to put your signature on to a script. And then you do that. And then you have your actors. And once you finally get your actors, uh, as the great John James, there's a wonderful job as, uh, as Joe Biden. Uh, you know, you have discussions with them. And you don't want parodies and everything else, but I'll, we can get into that further. But that's how it came about into my hands. Well, that I mean, it's a fantastic story and obviously meant to be um, and meant for you to do it. My question, Robert, is, you, you know, so many conservatives have great ideas about doing projects like this, but money is always an issue. So how did you get the financing? Was it Anne and Fellum who uh, were able to they... generate the money to support this project? Well, let's look at it this way. The anger of the American people or the frustration of the American people, seeing a president being uh, impeached, uh, unjustly impeached, seeing the Russian collusion stories. Every, since the day that Trump has been in office, it was like the, he was like Julius Caesar on the steps of the Senate being stabbed from the front, from the back and from all sides. Yes. And whether or not, you know, <laughs> life is complex, but Here's the American people were seeing this and there was a sense of fairness, fairness. And then at the same time, the absolute quietness of the Biden story, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani told me a story that he was at the uh, the FBI came and confiscated his stuff. And he said to them, well, what about these two things here? They go, what are those? He goes, that's the Hunter Biden, Biden laptops. He said, no, 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 uh, we don't want those. The American people were angry. So Philemon Ann crowdsourced this picture. And that's how we raised the fund from the American people, from you guys out there. Oh, it's, it's just, it's so fantastic. And this is how we get quality content like this is that we all have to support it. And uh, my audience knows this. I tell them this all the time. How do we change the culture? This is how we change the culture. Um, And your timing could not be better, Robert, because now all of the truth (laughs) is now coming out about the Hunter Biden laptop. So I know you started this project last April, well over a year ago, right? Yeah, 2021 started, and yeah, now we filming in october yep yes. you released it at exactly the right moment so god is definitely with you um oh yeah john let me let me ask you you are playing joe biden in this film and you do an extraordinary job um and i, I want to get into how you sort of created this very well-known character but first how did you get involved in the film did robert just call you out of the blue or how did that work well i got a call out of the blue it wasn't robert um it was Felon McClear, who uh, was the producer of the picture. And he called me and said, John, I have something I'd like you to consider. And I said, what's that? 
He said, we're making a movie called My Son Hunter, and I'd like you to play Joe Biden. And I took a deep breath. <laughs> this was this was well over a year ago. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And thoughts are racing through my head. I, you know, I said, all right, send me the script. Let me have some time to, uh, to read it and consider it. And I'll get back to you sometime next week. So Sunday morning, I had a cup of coffee, read the script, and I would have called him Sunday. <laughs> I was that excited about the script. I called him Monday and I said, yes, I would do it. And then I asked him, I said, uh, have you set a director? Uh, he said, yes, Robert Downey. I said, oh, okay. And one thing I do know as an actor is the best directors for actors are actors. They've been actors. They know how an actor thinks. So I called a buddy of mine. And I said, hey, told him about it. And I, he said, who's directing? I said, Robert Downey. He said, oh. He'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. And my approach, funny enough, Robert said just a moment ago that he wasn't going to make caricatures of anyone or make fun of anyone. That exactly was my approach when I started working on the role. I'm not going to do poor imitation of Joe Biden. I have to find the truth in these characters, in, this, in my character, Joe Biden. What is the truth that I have to say? And um, there was one moment when we were working and uh, Lawrence and I, Lawrence Fox, who plays Hunter, who's marvelous, just fantastic. That I started to cry. Remember, mm. Robert? And I got teary. And um, yeah, so that's how I, how I got involved. And it was a, just a marvelous experience. I love how you you both have said, look, we did not intend to turn these characters into caricatures. We wanted these characters to be three-dimensional human beings because we all are. <laughs> um, even, even when we disagree with people, even people who are fundamentally evil or m malign in some way, everybody is a three-dimensional human being. And John, the fact that you were able to bring Joe Biden to life in this way without turning him into a cartoon character is really quite extraordinary. And that's that's a testament to you and also to the writers. Well, you know, the amazing thing is, Monica, I mean, this the script, the story, if it wasn't about the Bidens, this would make an incredible movie. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, just such a story. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, the funny thing is I remember Robert, Robert had a specific look for the picture and it's, you, you see that in the trailer and everything had to be exactly right for Robert. I mean, if the set didn't look right, he'd have it fixed. If the lighting wasn't right, he'd have it fixed. He had our DP make sure that he watched American hustle and the Godfather. He was, you know, and having a look to a picture is extremely important because that's what you remember a lot of the times is how the picture looked. But I remember one time we were shooting a scene and I was just having trouble with it. I knew it. And I'm kind of hyper. And Robert would say from behind the, behind the monitor, okay, John, let's do it again. And this time, oh, no, 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 no. I got it. I, I got it, Robert. I got it. He says, okay, go back to one. So now we're up to about six or seven takes and he would start speaking. And I said, Oh yeah, you're right. I got it back to one. He says, no, you don't got it because if you got it, we wouldn't be doing it again. Now back to one. I felt like an old racehorse 
coming out of the gate, I knew what to do, but he whipped me all the way to the finish line, and I'm glad he did. <laughs> Robert, <laughs> you sound like a tough taskmaster as a director. Well, you must be. I mean, you know, look, at we have extremely talented, highly strung individuals, all individuals. Lawrence Fox, Gina Carana, uh, uh, John James. And the director is already, you, you've got 100 people, 80 people on the set. You've got producers that may not agree with your vision. You've got, you know, so you're commandeering something. So you have to be, you've got to be Patton. You can't be, you know, you can't be some weak general up there. And uh, if you, you have mean, a You mean like Joe Biden? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to call any aspersions, but yeah, we need, we need Washingtons. You know, we need people yep. like George Washington that are going to lead the people, culturally lead us into, you know, but the thing of it is, and, and John is a highly skilled, brilliant actor and actors come up with the conceived notion of certain things. I, I try to, I, the first scene I did with John, and unfortunately it's cut, uh, it's cut down in the film, but someday we should show it. And um, remember, John, the walk I had you make and well, what, I, what I gave you, remember? <laughs> Monica, it was my first day. Tell, 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 because, and it was great. It was, it was. Because President this sets Biden, the character. It was see? President Biden coming out of the um, Ukrainian, Ukrainian. Par- uh, parliament. Uh, and and uh, so I thought, oh, this is an easy scene. I got two lines and blah, blah, blah. And Robert comes out, okay, this is what I want you to do. And it, as an actor, they're called beats. These are little moments that you have to do. Anyway, when I saw, I saw this scene, we did it about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times maybe. Just a simple walk to the car. Yeah, most it. people would take walk. a most you people said, would okay, take it. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to walk down the stairs, shake the man's hand, hold the man's hand. Now look at the cathedral. <laughs> hold his hand. Don't let go of his hand. Now come back to him. Let go of his hand. Turn around to the guy who you didn't shake his hand and say, where have you been? Go and shake a Secret Service guy's hand. Oh, wrong hand. Head to the car. These beats. There were 17 individual beats in this one walk. With <laughs> wow. And my God, it was, it was just, it was, it, I mean, just one of the moments is, is in the picture. The, the end of it, which is funny, but yeah, that's how Robert directed every single beat, every single line. I'd be in the back of the SUV. John, we had a two-way radio. John, yes, take it back. Two and a half lines and try it like this. And I'm going to myself, okay, two and a half lines? <laughs> what the heck is the matter with this man? But no, you know, it's different, just technically speaking. I come back from the old days, Monica, where we were using, Robert, you know, this thousand foot mags of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lasted 14 minutes. That was it. 14, 15 minutes. And you didn't do what we do today. Today, it's all dumped. Massive amounts of file of, of data is dumped onto a hard drive. So when you start the camera, there's no cutting. There's no need to. It just goes on a hard drive. So it's a different way of working today, which is marvelous because you can, oh, I, yeah, I'll take the yeah, idea. And, and Robert was so specific on everything the actors did. I mean, poor, poor Lawrence. I remember one night coming back to the hotel after he, I don't know, maybe it was the Chateau Marmont scenes where he was doing all the, all the crack and the 
uh, snorting all the stuff, Robert. Remember that night? He yeah, but it was all it was all fake stuff. That no, I know, but still, you still got to smoke something. You still have yeah, to snort yeah, yeah. something. And uh, yeah, but it was it was yeah. I, I'm very proud of uh, John. Robert. Is a ter- is an amazing actor. He's like uh, you know, he's like a Lamborghini. Step on the pedal, but you got to And because it's so facile, uh, and uh, you know, look at in the hands of other people. We had a 15 page. Not full 15 pages because it was intercut with other things inside that car. And Lawrence, with his background, he's a brilliant actor. He comes from a family of James Fox, who was in David Lean films, uh, legendary Ed Fox from Day of the Jackal and his brothers. I mean, he's an artistic royalty uh, of London, of England. And he's also head of the Reclaim Party. He's, a, he's, a, he's been canceled in England. And, uh, and he's a brilliant actor. And um, it was a great matchup between the two of them. I mean, absolutely magical. And um, so the, uh, 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 you know, and then we we don't talk a lot about, uh, and and Gina's character is a secret service agent. And uh, I created these, these moments between him and her (laughs) that are hysterical uh, uh, between her her and, uh, and Joe, Joe Biden. Can I can I just say something? Please. You can say whatever you want. We started filming. You know, it takes five weeks, whatever it is. And it was beautiful. It was just 74 degrees. And the, I think second to the last day of filming, or might have been the last day, they decided that that's when they're going to do my pool scene, swimming in the pool. Listen to this man Wait. laugh. It was... <laughs> Monica, it was at night. It was 42 degrees outside. <laughs> and they said, don't worry, the pool is heated. Well, you go out there, you take your robe off, you stand there, and you jump into the pool. Well, yeah, it might have been 71 degrees, but still, I swear, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I back on the second lap, and my right leg cramped. <laughs> Oh no! And I couldn't use my legs, so it was like I was—I I veered into the side of the wall. Take two, <laughs> take three, and now I'm shaking uncontrollably because I'm—I'm just cold. I'm just freezing. And Robert comes up and says, "Do you have one more in you, John?" <laughs> okay, Robert, and off I went and back into the pool. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a beautiful scene. It opens the picture. Yeah, it's lovely. And, it and says a lot in one little moment when you, you know, it, it just is, it sets and the... And Gina is a, Gina's a firecracker. I love her. She's a, yes. so good in this. She Amazing is, actress, she's, great look. She is absolutely dynamite. And of course, she got canceled, quote unquote, um, by Disney. But she is a real talent. And I'm so glad that you guys cast her. And, and I can't wait to see her in the entire film. In fact, she has the opening line of the film, which is, yes. this is not a true story except for all the facts how closely <laughs> did you guys hew to the actual facts because you you can have some artistic license i assume but you don't want to get criticized for going too far astray well this don't forget first film and Anna reporters so you know and peter schweitzer his book and the everything that's out there has been researched and the writer uh, brian godswa and then myself, I read beautiful things by Hunter Biden. I mean, you're reading all the information. I mean, uh, uh, so there are things there, maybe one or two things are alleged, but we know that he's with the Chinese. We know that he made deals with Ukraine. It's so, A lot of it's out of their own mouths, stuff that they said. 
the supposition where you dramatize something. Did they have the father and son have this exact conversation in this way? That's where there is a thing. Because you know what I mean? This is not a true story except for all the facts. So the facts are there. But the the emotional content is 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 as as much as we can imagine between father and son. And also, the film is through the eyes, Monica, of a uh, 25-year-old left-wing activist who works as a stripper to pay for her college education. So brilliant. And she then meets up with Hunter Biden. And that was Emma Gojevic, who's Serbian and English. But she was in Serbia. The actress I had chosen had gotten something else. She had gotten uh, the John Wick films and she could not be used. So we was I was scrambling because I, you have to have a, a stunning young actress to play this character who then discovers who that, that Hunter is Joe Biden's son. And then there's this wonderful actor that I picked out of Serbia uh, who was from Nigeria, Franklin Adua. And he plays a bouncer who's put there to protect, uh, let's say, any partying that Hunter's doing outside the strip joint, which he had to do for whatever reasons you'll see in the film. But uh, he is the one that leads her to being able to research Hunter Biden. And then you go into Hunter and her telling the story to her. And that's how we uncover this whole thing. So there's a romance involved that uh, it's, it's quite textured. I know if you've seen the film, you've seen how textured it is. It has a lot of, uh, a lot of layers. It, it was such a brilliant device that you used to use this young stripper and tell the story through her eyes because she's sort of a stand-in for the rest of us. You know, I, it, it's funny because the film, again, is called My Son Hunter, and you can stream it right now at mysonhunter.com. Um, it's available for purchase, and it will be yours for all of eternity. Um, it, you know... Hunter Biden, obviously, we know a lot about him. And a couple of months ago, I tweeted, there are bad boys. And then there's Hunter Biden, who's on a completely other level here. Um, But I was talking to a friend who is on our side and uh, pretty well known and a real activist. And he was one of the very first to get a hold of the actual Hunter Biden laptop, the hard drive, and processed it, read everything, was writing a lot of stories about it. Of course, the, the mainstream press, the propaganda press, as I call them, buried the entire story along with big tech and big government. But, I, you know, I saw him a couple of months ago. And I said, you know, you really were one of the the first to break the Hunter Biden story. And you went through the entire laptop and saw all of the deprivations and crimes and everything else described. And he sort of paused and he said, yeah. And he said, but knowing now what I know about the family, Joe Biden, the dysfunction, Ashley Biden and the diary and the abuse and just the the whole darkness that envelops this family. He said, I've sort of become a Hunter Biden apologist, not Mm -hmm. for the crimes. Okay, I mean, he wants to see everybody prosecuted that committed crimes. But the idea that the father and even Dr. Jill, you know, that they created a very unhealthy, dark family environment there for all of the kids that what how Hunter turned out was sort of inevitable and he felt Mm -hmm. some sympathy for him. Do both Mm -hmm. of you see that now having done this project? It was imperative for me to put that into the film. Look, families suffer from drug addiction. Uh, 
I've had an ex who had a very bad drug addiction. I had a child uh, that had issues uh, for whatever reasons of, of their own. But you cannot demonize drug addiction, especially in today's society where so many families are plagued by this horrific thing. Uh, and, and, and we continue to let fentanyl pour into the nation and create more. I mean, so you can't demonize that. And you have to go to the justification. I'll give you one instance. In Hunter's book, and he lost his mother, he lost his sister at a very early age. And there's a moment he says in the film, uh, I just want to make him proud. I just want to make him proud. Now, there is a, 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 so yes, absolutely. You will feel, you will feel there, there will be an empathetic, pathetic feeling toward Hunter. You will, you will have that. And, um, <laughs> and at the end of the film, the twist it takes, you'll see uh, uh, this supposition that's made in terms of all the laptops and everything else that's happened. Yeah, and I don't want to give that away. I want people to watch the film to see that aspect. We can't give too much away, but all I can tell you is is that I felt you will. I mean, as I said earlier, I had to stop at one moment because it was getting emotional because what I did is I've seen that where I grew up in in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the Bidens. When I was in high school, there were some extremely wealthy families and their kids were shooting heroin in high school. So. It's 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 a story. I, I like to say that drugs is one of the few things that can cross reach across the aisle, and it's for it's everyone. And you know, the question of I'd want to make my dad proud. This people will ask, I think, after watching this, how and why did he leave that laptop there? And I. Will not go well, into that. The answer is that question. Uh, you have to. I mean, even when I was doing the film, the one of the actresses <clears throat> I was talking to early on, a friend of hers had a, a Airbnb that Hunter stayed at after he was kicked out of the chateau, which you'll see in the film. And uh, she said that they even found a backpack with drugs and a laptop there, besides the one everyone else found. Mm-hmm. So, irrespective of as. Here's a guy that's every 15 minutes doing some kind of, whether it was crack or whatever he was hitting the pipe or cocaine, whatever he was doing while he was making deals with the the chief, the the spy chief of China or these major multi-billion dollar corporations in the China, in Ukraine. He's doing this. He's able to function in that level, but then leave laptops all over the place. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's the, curious. The psychological motivation is also really interesting. It's it's like he wanted to be caught, right? Or he wanted to stick it well, to his father in some I, way, that's right? That's where it goes. If you're watching the film tonight, you'll see, and it's very yeah. it's the way it's revealed is very emotional, and it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, uh, I just am, you know, I'm just love the film. I gotta it's, say people you have should to see be. It. I mean, you should be. Even if I didn't make it, I would go, my gosh, what a great, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody should be seeing this. Okay, gentlemen, please stand by. We've got so much more to talk to you about. So hang tight. But before we do, I don't need to tell you that inflation is real and it really looks like it's here to stay. The CPI is at another 40-year high. Text Monica to 989-898 and get a free information kit from Birch Gold Group on how to diversify and protect 
protect your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold Group is your precious metals professionals. Text MONICA to 989-898 and get real help from Birch Gold Group today. Again, text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on how to protect your hard-earned savings with gold. We'll be right back. Final question for you both. Any word from Hollywood about this movie? Has anything gotten back to you, either positive or negative? And, I mean, John, you know, you're an actor. Uh, Gina is is still out there. Obviously, if you're taking part in a movie like this, you have to be willing to burn those other bridges, right? Like Spielberg is not going to call you after a movie like this. So it, it is, it's the right thing to do, but you're also sacrificing a bit of your career and so on in order to do it. So that I want to pose that question to both of you. And let's start, John, with you. You were ready to take this leap and do this film. Have you gotten any blowback from the Hollywood community? I have not. And that was one of the things I did have to consider when I took on this role. Yeah. Um, of course I had to. However, it's tough being the first and what we're doing here is we're telling a story. This is a picture. This is a motion picture. This is art. Art is meant to instill emotion. This is art. And mark my words, Monica, there will be more Hunter Biden movies in the future from Hollywood. They can put their own spin on it. So am I concerned? No. I hope they see me as an actor, not a political activist. I'm an actor. That's what I do. And uh, if that's not the case, so be it. A- Amen. And Robert, how about you? Well, uh, you, you know, as I've been quite outspoken yes. for decades. I've been, you know, uh, I think uh, I've written for Breibart for 10, 12 years, you know. So I've been on Fox and on many, many shows, yours included, yep. over the years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't look at it that way. I have to look at the truth. We have problems on the left and the right. Correct. Both parties, there's no one is innocent. And the frustration of it, you know, they talk about fascism. And I, you heard them say, well, it's a fascist. They want to say that the conservatives and the MAGAs and the this, however you want to, like a, a fascist. This is the, 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 the what the Democrats are doing. And it's a, a dishonest and it's a disservice to the American people is almost a, it's worse than a smoke bomb because they're pointing fingers at exactly what they're doing. They are the fascists. Right. How do you have the FBI and like that Bill Maher had, uh, interview with uh, uh, Rob Reiner, who refused to admit to Bill Maher that the laptop that the FBI, Zuckerberg even came to, they were hiding the story, the Biden story. Yeah. So uh, as ramifications, yes, I have a lot of quiet friends who are conservative. I've gotten tons of messages saying, what pair of cojones you have, thank God, keep going, we love you, stuff like that. And then you get also the haters, you know, you get people that are, that are coming at you at, with, with a tremendous hate. And my thing is, see the film and then tell me if you hate it. Exactly. Yes, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And we have to have cultural warriors, Monica. If we don't have cultural warriors, we're gone. Yes. I mean, look what, look what happened in the 1930s in Europe when people were quiet. 
Yes. It's insidious. Yes. And Breitbart it was exactly right when he said everything, including politics, is downstream from culture. We talk about it a lot on this show. And that's why, guys, I wanted to have both Robert and John here today to talk about this film, My Son Hunter, which you can get everywhere right now. You just go to mysonhunter.com. It's available right now to be streamed. Once you purchase it, it is yours. It will be on your computer, on your system forever, so you can watch Watch it multiple times and pass it down. You know, share the file. And watch it and watch it. The performances of John James gives a brilliant performance of Joe Biden. Incredible. I mean, it, it's it's not a parody. It's it's a a human being. Yes. And even even the adultness or the the quirks of Joe Biden are done in such a way that they they they're the human. They're human. Uh, now there's the other aspect that you find the. But the audience will see this, but it's a tremendous uh, performance is in the in this picture. Everybody's performances. You, John. John, you're extraordinary. Lawrence Fox is Hunter Biden. Gina Carano yes. as a Secret Service yes. agent. The young woman who plays the stripper. Just extraordinary. Again, mysonhunter.com is the website. You can go there, purchase the film. You will own it after that, so you can screen it multiple times. The movie is fantastic. And everybody, you're always asking me, we always talk about how we change the culture. This is how we do it. We support films like this with our dollars, with our eyeballs, because we need to send a message to Hollywood and New York that this is the kind of content we want to see. They only understand audience size and money. So you've got to have take whatever resources you have to support films like this. Again, My Son Hunter, and the website is mysonhunter.com. The director, Robert Davi, and the actor who plays Joe Biden, the extraordinary John James. I want to thank you both so much for being here. Good luck with the film, and we're going to see it multiple times, I promise. Thank you. So appreciate it, Monica. God bless and God bless your audience. God bless you too. Again, My Son Hunter and the website is mysonhunter.com. Go get it, stream it, and uh, let Hollywood know that this is what we want to see. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, time now for the midweek email bag, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Sherry writes with something for our complaint department. Hi, Monica. I really enjoy your podcast and can relate to the lack of manners these days. I make it a point to thank anyone who holds open a door for me. If it's a kid, I always tell them the world needs more kids like you. On the flip side, if I hold the door for someone and they just burst past me with no thanks, nod, or anything, it irritates the hell out of me. In that case, I usually say, you're welcome, with a huge smile on my face. P.S. I still handwrite thank you notes. Keep up the good work. Nice to hear a normal conservative voice. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I'm so glad you're here with us. And yes, every day I bemoan the lack of manners and the coarsening of our society. And sometimes, Sherry, I do the exact same thing. If I do someone a polite thing like holding the door open for them, or do you ever wave someone in front of you in line? And I don't get a thank you. I usually say loudly, you're welcome. I also still do handwritten thank yous like you, Sherry. It's just the right thing to do, guys. 
And I know it's easier sometimes to just shoot someone an email or a text. And sometimes that is the fastest and more appropriate thing if it was just a a quick favor or something. But for gifts especially, always send a handwritten note. And especially if the gift giver is an older person, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, older friend, they really appreciate going to their mailbox and getting a sweet piece of mail. That's not junk mail. It really does mean something to them. It's a gesture of kindness, plus basic manners. So do it. That's my little lecture for the day, and that's going to do it for me today. Join me here on Friday when we're going to have the iconic Kirk Cameron on the show, talking about his new film and his faith journey. He's incredible, and it's going to be an amazing chat, not to be missed. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday. Friday.